0: This is May 14th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat. I'm your host, Evan Marinovsky. I hope you enjoyed the show last week. It was my first podcast as host. I hope you continue to listen and enjoy. And, And right now, obviously, things really couldn't be any better for the Bruins. They could be in a couple weeks, but right now, I feel like things are just going on all cylinders right now for the Bruins. Five straight wins, up 2 nothing on the Carolina Hurricanes in the series. And to preview the rest of the series and sort of take a look back at what's been for the Bruins, I have on my good friend, um, oh, man, what's her name? Uh, Marissa in Inge- Ingemi? Marissa Ingemi yeah. yeah. of the Boston Herald. Marissa, what is up?
1: Not too much. What's up with you, Evan?
0: Ah, uh, just getting your name wrong, like every other radio and podcast host in America.
1: It's the way it works.
0: What is it with your name well, i we've said we've talked about this before, but obviously the people listening haven't heard us talk about it. So what is it? I mean it's marissa and jemmy i mean it's pretty it's pretty easy.
1: I don't know what the problem is. I mean, in Toronto, everyone started calling me Melissa, and that's what they had on my place card there. <laughs> so then I was annoyed and then everyone perceived I was annoyed and started calling me the wrong name. So I don't know who's saying it in fun and who like actually doesn't know it anymore. I think like last week you called me Melissa and I couldn't tell if you meant it or not and I was- Well that
0: was a joke, but there have been times where I obviously am away at college for a lot of the year so I come back when I can, but when I came back, I- you always post on Facebook when they screw your name up, so- Yep. I always see it, and when you see, keep seeing something and seeing something, you sort of start to think it. So when I first saw you, my first instinct was, oh, Melissa. Then I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> it's Marissa. And so I, I said it as a joke, but in reality I was like, oh, that was very close to me just butchering her name. Um.
1: It's, it's the norm. A girl has no name.
0: Yes, yes. Hello, Sarah Sivian. No, um. <laughs> that, that is a classic one. Um, right now the, the Bruins have a big problem. And that is – and I think no one's talking about it. You tweeted about it yesterday, and that is the flag before games. <laughs> the people cannot – and I see it too because you humble brag I'm up with you. They cannot get this right. It is sideways. It, it is never straight. It barely makes it around the arena. From up above, what are you seeing, Marissa?
1: <laughs> um, I don't really know how it works, but from what I've been told is the top has to rotate faster than the bottom. And no one knows how to do that. But that's what people tweeted at me. And I believe other people who are smarter than I am probably know that to be true. But honestly, I don't know. It's just, I mean, the Bruins fans got to get it together.
0: <laughs> this, the beers prices, I think, are going down a little bit. Um, In more serious hockey talk, uh, obviously the Bruins are up 2 nothing on the Hurricanes right now in the Eastern Conference Finals. This is being recorded Monday. This will drop Tuesday morning before Game 3. You're about to head off to Raleigh. I am not. Mm -hmm. I am going to watch from the comfort of my own home. Um, Is this series over? I know that's a big thing to say in game, going into game three, but, I mean, I don't think it's an overstatement to say this series is done.
1: So when I went on 98-5, I said I don't believe in predicting sweeps and I don't really believe in picking a team winning in five just because it feels like a cop-out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are going to commit to the sweep, commit to it, even though I don't fully believe in that. So I've been saying Hurric- Bruins in six over to Hurricanes throughout. And I definitely have had my mind changed a bit. And I feel like I should know better than saying the series is over because we've seen the Hurricanes come back down two games to none. The Capitals, they got blown out on the road against the Capitals. And then they came back and they went at home. They haven't lost at home in the playoffs. So I definitely know better than saying it's over. But also I really kind of think it's over. And I, like, kind of feel awful believing that because I do know better. But at the same time, it's really hard to look at how Carolina played on Sunday and say, yeah, that's a team that's fully prepared to come back. And they have the goaltending and they have – I mean, you look at the way on – I think it was a Connor Clifton goal where Johansson just held onto the puck for, like, a couple seconds. And his patience just stressed the heck out of the Hurricanes. And they couldn't handle it. And that was just like a metaphor for the whole game. It was like, wow, they just don't feel ready for this right now. And again, I'm going to regret this because the Bruins are going to go down to Carolina and lose two games now. And I'm going to just have like all these deadline issues because I'm saying this. But yeah, I think pretty much this is the Bruins series now.
0: Well, it's funny is on that goal that Clifton scored, Mrazic was like seven feet out of his net. I mean, just Johansson stick handling, Mrazic was like, it was like he was having a magnetic attraction to the puck like coming out of his net. And you mentioned this
1: too. Like no one knew what to do. It was just pure pure panic.
0: I know you have an you have an inexperienced defenseman from the Bruins just standing in front of the net like wide open and the Hurricanes defense just didn't pick up on him. it. It was Wild
1: Clifton was even there. Like
0: Yes, all oh, the, I like, know. wild and, and we we will get into that in a second, but before we do, see, I actually think when it comes to copping out on series predictions, so I said Bruins in 6 at the start. I think copping out is saying a team in 7. Because that's saying, oh, the series is going to be close. Oh, it's, it could come down to the wire. You never know who's going to win it. And I think that's more of a cop out. Because if I say Bruins and four, that's bold. Bruins and five or Hurricane five, that's bold. Well, but no, I, think I don't believe
1: five is a cop out. Four, like, that's a sweep. You're predicting a, slu- a sweep. Like, that's definitely bold. I just don't believe in it because I think hockey is so wild and random. It's impossible to say, yeah, this team's going to lose four in a row. The five, if you say you think a team's going to win in five, you think it's going to be a sweep. You believe that, and you're just accounting for that. So that's a cop-out. Just go with it or don't go with it.
0: That's true. That's a good point. Because I, I said Bruins in six, and I'm kind of rethinking. I think it's going to be the, the Bruins win game three, lose by hook or crook game four, and they'll come back to Boston win game five. And I, I mean, I've
1: changed it to Bruins in five because I don't want to go on another plane to Raleigh, so. Yeah,
0: you, know, you don't have to go down to uh, Carolina and see all those people. that <laughs> I'm tired
1: of the planes. Like, the least amount of planes the rest of the way is the way to go.
0: Are you taking Bear Force one?
1: <laughs> I don't think so. I'm taking Jet Blue, but I think that one's going before me, so I'm, like, 90% sure. I'm actually – I have someone, like, checking on that for me, but I'm, like, pretty sure I'm not.
0: That are there are there reporters on Bear Force One?
1: I don't know. I saw some tweets from some people who were there. I did not go because I once they weren't practicing at Warrior. I was just like, I'm not doing anything anymore. Um, <laughs> no,
0: I didn't either. But what's so funny I is don't know.
1: some people were there, I guess.
0: The Bruins tweeted a picture of inside the plane, and, like, it just looks like the inside of a regular JetBlue airline. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool the outside. But on the inside, it's, it's a JetBlue plane. It looks, a a
1: plane. It. They are what they are.
0: Yeah. Um, so we talk about why the Hurricanes maybe don't look ready. Why are the Bruins playing so well? I mean, this goes back to the Columbus series, five straight. I mean, what is it with these Bruins that they're doing so well?
1: I think that there are some similarities to the Bruins and the Hurricanes in that they have a full buy-in and belief in what they are doing. And I think the difference is Carolina. They're just younger. They are inexperienced. They have a different approach to the game. Like, they bought in, but it's a different approach. So, like, again, this is why I say I know better saying that it might be over because the Hurricanes are that type of team of destiny feel where they can come back. But the Bruins have that same type of feel. And I started thinking about that, like, back on the west coast in february i wrote about that i think it was after the san jose game and then after the vegas game where david Bath to a shootout goal and you're like oh okay um they just have a full belief in what they're doing and they've completely bought in there's no passengers when a guy isn't playing well someone else steps up in the end like every guy in the playoffs has had a moment of some sort 19 different goal scorers the only guys who haven't are carlo who has been very good in his role, and Carson Kuhlman, who hasn't played that much, and when he's been in, has, like, done his job. And I believe he has, like, an assist in there, too, so he still has, like, some production. So it just feels like it's the kind of group that's equipped for this in the fact that they believe in what they're doing and they just have the right guys to do it.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that aspect of that February trip when Bacchus had the shootout winner. And uh, I think on that San Jose trip, Corrali, or the, the fourth line was out in the final minute, and they scored to tie it. Yeah, Chris
1: Wagner I feel, like, for that.
0: I feel like that's also a testament to how good Bruce Cassidy is at sort of feeling out when to use his lines. Like that he is so loose deploying that fourth line, that Corrally line because I think he has so much confidence in it. And I think the fact that Cass I mean that's why Cassidy deserves so much more praise than he gets because he has such a good finger on the pulse of how to use his lines.
1: It's kind of silly that he's not a Jack Adams finalist. Um, I think he's done such a great job this year. You look at, too, like, all the criticism he got for switching the lines around, and now all of a sudden they're sticking. Like, that's going against his instincts, but it's work, so he's sticking with it. So, and I actually think, too, like, the lines being moved around so much create a chemistry in random places, too. So, like, you have power play and a penalty kill, and like, you have Clifton going up with Chara on the top defense, with McAvoy out, and like, they just built a culture where they're able to do that. And I think I mean, yeah, I think Cassidy's done an amazing job this year, to be completely honest. Um, the mixing and matching has worked. It feels like he's pulled the the right lever or whatever the expression is, pressed the right buttons every single time. Like, who would have thought that David Backus was crazy and DeBrusk would make any sense at all? And it's worked out perfectly. He's kept Pasternak up with the top line. He like, even when Pasternak had some of his struggles, he still believed in him and took him off to power play for like, or the first power play for like a minute and then put him right back on. Um, but yeah, everything he's done has been right, and I think that's because he has a really good feel for this team. He was in Providence for so long; he saw these guys come up. He knows their tendencies, and I don't know. Yeah, he's done a great job, and you're right. I don't think he does get enough credit because he definitely should have been a Coach of the Year finalist, and did not.
0: Yeah, that they love the coach who the, the the voters love the coach who comes up, and you know, like Barry Trotz helps a team that wasn't supposed to be anything, and then they have John Cooper in there as well with the Lightning, who just are like a stack. I mean. My, this uh Bose speaker could coach that Lightning team in
1: <laughs>
0: almost as many points. Um but for yeah, you
1: met... John Cooper played lacrosse.
0: Oh, oh, weird. Austria. Here comes lacrosse. I love this. Did John Cooper really play lacrosse?
1: Yeah, at ostra. I actually wrote about it like two years ago for Lacrosse Magazine.
0: <laughs> there He's we a go. Super
1: awesome guy about it.
0: Yeah, wow. Okay. Um Yeah, I I wish we could do a Hockey Players Who Used to Play Lacrosse podcast. That'd be... <laughs> You'd be on every week. Um, All six
1: of my Twitter followers who care would listen.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. Um. But you mentioned Connor Clifton, and I want to start a weekly segment. You'll be the first person to do it. Appreciating Cliffy Hockey, because yesterday Tory Krug said it. He said, we call it – I don't know if he's ever – if they've ever, like, called it that before. Maybe they have. You would know. You've been there every day. But, Corey Krug, I, I, humble brag, I asked him, I said, what is this Connor Clifton? And he's like, oh, we call it Cliffy Hockey. And it really is something special. I mean, this kid's been in the league now for a couple months, straight out of Providence. Goes, I mean, the, the offensive poise he's showing in these playoffs, um, just to, to rush the puck as much as he is, to get in the offense. I mean, there was a, in game one, or even in the Columbus series, just you know, cycling the puck so well, getting it out to the, to the front of the net. What have you? What is have you seen that makes Cliffy hockey so special?
1: Well, I wrote about him for today, so that's, thought that's why I
0: thought about it. That's why I brought this up. I wanted you to be the first because I just saw. I said, "Oh, she wrote about it from last night. Why don't I ask her what makes Cliffy hockey so special?"
1: Subscribe to BostonHerald.com for more. Um, yeah, so I think the thing with Clifton is he plays such an erratic game where he's just, like, all over the place. He just shows up in front of the net or he makes, like, a big hit. He has, like, he puts his imprint on the game no matter where he is. But at the same time, while he's doing all this stuff and he's flying all over the place, I think Goose Cassidy said he thought he was a winger at first in development camp because he was just, like, all over the place. But he's still so poised. He gets back into position. He doesn't cost to the team. I can't remember many mistakes from Clifton. Like, there's been a handful, but, like, Matt Boys had a handful and Charles had a handful. So I feel like Clifton hasn't hurt them in any way. He's gotten back into position. He's obviously ready for the moment. Um His poise, yeah, that's what really has made a difference for him because there's a lot of, like, high-motor energy guys coming up from Providence or the Minors who can have that energy, but they could also cost you because they just aren't ready for that position. But Clifton obviously has been. And I think that's what's been the big difference for him is he can go out there and they believe in him, they let him loose, they let him play his game. But at the same time, he's he's one of the guys who buys into the system too. He goes back, he plays the game the way they want him to play it at the same time. So I think that the belief in him and, again, just his poise is what's put him in a position to succeed right now.
0: What's What I found really interesting, what Cassidy said after game two was – a guy like Clifton, they like him more than someone coming up who's maybe a little more hesitant because mm-hmm. it's easier to kind of pull a guy back than to sort of force him to do things he's not accustomed to do. I thought that was a really interesting uh, point from him because it's, it, it's true. I mean, you know, sometimes you maybe think that, oh, a guy that has that much energy who, I mean, Cassie thought was a winger, you'd think maybe he would make more mistakes than make better plays, but it's sort of been the opposite for him. Um, one thing that Clifton scoring last, uh, scoring game too, highlighted was and we've sort of touched on but we'll kind of get back to the depth scoring on the Bruins I mean my god 19 players ties a franchise record I mean Stephen freaking camper had a goal in game one he scored the first goal of the series I mean so what have you seen from the depth and just I mean I know the answer but how important is the depth they're getting right now
1: well they've all had to step in at various points this year because everyone except for Krejci has been out for a period of time so everyone who's in a role they're in now has had to be in a bigger role at some point earlier in the year. So it doesn't feel like it's too much pressure for them at all. Like Corrali was out for a bit. Then he came back and he played really well. When he came back, Wagner's been in and out of the lineup, even in the playoffs. Now with Chari's out, Nordstrom, I think Nordstrom's having like the playoffs of his life. He's done so many good things and he hasn't been on the score sheet too much. He wasn't game seven against Toronto, but he just does so much on the penalty kill. He cycles the puck out well. He's just good at moving the puck around and away from danger. He's good defensively. And all those guys, they've had to play in elevated roles. There was a stretch where Bergeron and Chara were out at like the same time. And Martian missed time at various points. And Pasternak was – or I think Martian missed like three games or whatever. I forget how many, but he did miss a few games. Pasternak was out for a long period of time, obviously. DeBrusk went through a huge scoring slump, and everyone else had to step up. And then he – it came together again for him but all of these guys at various points they've had to step up even the defense like early in the year the defense wasn't doing much in terms of scoring and they really had to turn it around because Bruce Cassidy likes the offense especially the power play too to start from the blue line in and Torrey Krug started playing better after he was hurt to start the year then he got hurt a couple more times and he's been fine since but they just have guys like I said who have been in bigger roles with this team so they just this isn't anything new for them. They know they have to step up and they're just well equipped for it.
0: What's funny is I think what highlights that is the fact that they have all these nicknames for these guys at the bottom. The bottom six of you, Mayor, you're the Mayor of Walpole. Everyone's mayor, a mayor. Everyone's a mayor. So whatever town you're from in Massachusetts, you're a mayor from. So you have the Mayor of Walpole, the, now the Mayor of Charlestown with Matt Gross, like you have Cliffy you have all these nicknames. Are the Bruins just like a glorified TV show at this point? <laughs>
1: Isn't it uh, Peaky Binders, I think, right? Is that the name yeah. of the show? hmm I
0: thought uh, they were Winter
1: going Classic. after Winter Classic. I thought they were going for um oh what's the name of the show on HBO? Um Sopranos. The the no, not Sopranos. I I know it and I'm forget oh boardwalk empire.
0: Oh boardwalk. I thought that was
1: the vibe they were going for. Then someone was like, No, it's Peaky Blinders I'm like, I don't know. And he was like, Oh, it's the same thing basically.
0: So it's, fu- it's funny. My old roommate watched Peaky Blinders when it came out and he was obsessed with it. He's like, dude, you got to watch it. And I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't really know much about it. I haven't heard anybody talk about it. And then the Bruins start doing the Peaky Blinders thing and then it just blows up. Everybody's talking about Peaky Blinders. And I feel like I, I'm missing a- Just like how I don't watch Game of Thrones, I feel like I'm missing another. Oh, so you pe-
1: don't even know. You don't even understand his hat I'm wearing right now then.
0: No, I, th- I've rich- I your camera's, the quality's a little low. I thought it was a Red Sox hat until I looked close enough, and then I was like, I don't know what it is, I don't really care. But is it really Game of Thrones?
1: Yeah, it's Team Targaryen.
0: Oh, I don't, I, don't, I know. I gotta start, with this new podcast, I gotta start kind of getting into pop culture references with Game of Thrones. I don't know,
1: like, hat. they're not going to give any spoilers away for anyone who hasn't seen it, but, like, anyone who's listening and knows I have a Targaryen hat, like, I'm just wearing it today to piss people off after last night's episode,
0: so. Yeah, well, see, I'm, I am don't want you to spoil it because I'm planning on, at some point, watching the episodes, going through the... Because everybody who watches, like, one season gets hooked. So oh, yeah. my goal is to watch it get hooked uh, and just kind of go along with you guys. Because Sunday nights, I was happy that game two... I was t- at the Garden until about 8, 8.30, and then I was kind of going home, and I was driving through Game of Thrones back home. So I was happy I missed it all on Twitter because usually I, I get such FOMO. Oh, you missed I- all
1: the tweets.
0: Yeah, so I get fear of missing out. I get really bad FOMO when I'm not, like, when I see all the tweets, I'm like, I don't understand what any of this means. Um So, yeah, that's sort of my take on Game of Thrones. It's, it's making me get FOMO right now. Um But... We talk about all this fun surrounding the team, all the nicknames, you know, whether or not they're going to win this series quite soon. It feels like, and maybe I'm jinxing it, feels like a Stanley Cup team.
1: They definitely do. They do. They feel like one, but so do the Sharks. Um, And so potentially do the Blues. And you look at the path the Hurricanes have taken, like I said, they have that team of Destiny feel, too. So we're in the conference finals. There's only four teams left. One of the four are going to win it. Um, all Like I said, I wrote back in February about how this team has had that feel to them, the way they've bought in. But, um, again, it's not going to be easy in Carolina by any means. And I hope that – and, I mean, even for me, too, because I'm starting to, like, lean towards, like I said, all oh, the Bruins have this um, – I hope that the first two games didn't lull everyone to sleep of like, yeah, the Hurricanes are actually pretty good. Like, I forget, I I think it was DeBrusque said, like, they didn't get here by accident. Like, there's a reason the Hurricanes are here. They're a good team. I think the difference with the Hurricanes this time, though, is so Columbus had their challenges, Toronto had their challenges, and Carolina has their challenges, too. The difference is they have beatable goaltending. Where Anderson and Bobrovsky were really tough for the Bruins, they haven't really had to work too much to "quote unquote" dent Peter Mrazek. But I think that's a big difference. Oh my, God, the day that everyone was saying "dent" in Columbus, I was like losing my mind. I refused to say it, refused to. I was like, I don't want to hear this word anymore. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, but now that no one said it for a while, I'm allowed to say it.
0: You can but say it. Yeah, again.
1: I mean, the Bruins—they definitely have the feel of a team that can go all the way. But again, the other three teams are there for a reason too. It's not an accident. So it would be. A mistake on everyone's part to just completely overlook that.
0: Yeah, Rask said it yesterday or in game after game two. I, I can't say yesterday because people, are, if they're listening after Tuesday, they're gonna think, "What's he talking about?"
1: I don't know what uh, day of the week it is, so it's. Whatever. Yeah, we
0: said that yesterday. I have no idea. I think it's a, it's Monday. I only know that because it says it on my laptop. But <laughs> what's funny is Rask said the same thing after game two. It was like they're here for a reason. Like they're a good team. Um, I think the difference is, uh, one thing is. The way the lines match up, I mean, the Bruins have the advantage in every, in my opinion, they have the advantage in every single matchup. And the set, and the Craichi and Coil lines are exposing the third and fourth lines from Carolina. Um, and the fact, and we say, we kind of touched on this earlier, the fact that Cassidy can deploy the Corralley line against top lines, he's doing that against the stall line right now, and it's killing it. Lines, 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 more lines, I know, but still, it, it, it it's to prove a point, and it's the Cassidy's, as I've said before, is pretty good. Um, but I want to ask you one more time. Do you think the Bruins – are you in a position – do you want to make a Stanley Cup pick right now?
1: No, I really don't.
0: Do it. What? Who do you think? Who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Come on.
1: Uh, Well, before the year, I said Tampa over Winnipeg, so anything I say doesn't matter. Same um, with mine. Based on the four teams left in that the series have already begun, so we have, like, a template a bit, if I had to pick, I'd say Bruins and Sharks. I agree, Um, and I take the Bruins just because they have home ice. But like that doesn't mean anything because I took Tampa and Calgary and Winnipeg in their series. So whatever, none of it matters. We're all gonna (laughs)
0: die. We we all gonna die, and we and one thing's inevitable is that we're terrible at predictions. Predictions tend not to work out so well. Predictions
1: Uh, are just a way to like make everyone get mad at each other and be like, "I told you so," and you're wrong, and like none of us know anything.
0: Yes, I I said the other day right before game one. I actually was inspired by your tweet. You, I never <laughs> tweeted. out a That's series very good. Prediction. I I, ne- well, I know, right? I tweeted out. Uh, I never tweeted out my series prediction for Bruins Hurricanes, and it was probably like t- ten minutes before puck drop, and I saw you tweet like Bruins and six or whatever, and I was like, oh shoot, like. I got to do my series predictions and I did it. And someone immediately like ats old takes exposed under my thing. I'm like, come, come on. I'm, first of all, not that important. So, <laughs> like, oh, a lot of other people are saying Bruins in six. I might be wrong, but so is everybody else. So who gives it? Who cares? I only yeah.
1: tweeted it. Like, so I got the first two series, right? I said Bruins in seven over Toronto and in six over Columbus. And then I was on 98, five and Adam Jones made me make a prediction. So I did. And then I was like, well, people have already heard it. So I'll just put it out in public. About, like, Predictions are dumb and meaningless, so whatever.
0: Yeah, predictions are just, are just kind of a way to, as you said, get a little, get, a little, get the swords out, fight a little bit. Um, but thank you so much, Marissa, for for joining. Um, have a safe flight. Have fun thank down you. in North Carolina. You've been there before, though, right?
1: Yeah, it was actually the first road trip I ever did was to Bruin. So
0: that's right. Because so this is for those listening who don't know, this is your first year as a like full time beat writer, right? Correct. And we had similar paths. You you um, were at Ei for a little bit. You were at CLNS as well. I was at CLNS
1: I, for like five minutes.
0: Yeah. Well, still, you were you were here. I definitely
1: <laughs> was. I definitely was.
0: <laughs> we're kind of on that. Seems like that same path. But um, you've done a terrific job this year, obviously, and and uh, obviously subscribe to the Boston Herald. Would you like to pitch anything else?
1: Uh, follow me on Twitter for Extessential Angst and Hockey Takes and Imagine Dragons lyrics at Marissa underscore and Jemmy.
0: They're great. Nothing beats those Imagine Dragons lyrics. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, Marissa. Um, and for all those listening, tune back in next week for some more Bruins. You can follow me on Twitter at E. Marinovsky and the Bruins CLNS Twitter at Bruins CLNS. For the Bruins beat, I'm Evan Marinovsky, joined by Marissa and Jemmy. Have a great week.